Blog Talk Radio. Hey guys, good morning and welcome to Dynamic Word Bible Studies. This is your host, Felicia DeRosier, joined here by our amazing co-host. And what's your name there, buddy? Cross, and our other amazing co-host, Congo, who doesn't really talk, but yeah. His presence here makes our life better, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> so uh, we've got a great lineup for you today. We're going to start everything off today with a Bible study in the book of John. And this one, I'm going to admit, was kind of hard for me to write. It was a tough one to write um, because I feel like it has to do with the things that we all think but don't talk about. Um, So this is going to be one of those times where I'm going to say what we all think and don't talk about. Um, And it looks like today we are also joined by another amazing co-host, Miss Oriana Chun. Hi, Oriana. How are you? Hello, can you hear us? how are you? I, I'm well. I'm well. Good to hear you. That's exciting. Um, so, yeah, we're going to start off with Bible study, and then Oriana is going to – she was here before. She was talking about faith, and it was an amazing session, but we never got to hear her testimony. So I asked her – yeah, I, it really is. So we decided to fix it, right? So we had her come back on to share her testimony. Um, so I'm really excited to have her join us. We're going to go ahead and cut to commercial break before we get started, and we'll be back in about three minutes to get our Bible study started. See you soon. Have you looked at the price of Bitcoin lately? Cryptocurrencies are the hottest financial investment right now. Well, what if you can get free Bitcoin fractions by having an app on your phone or PC? Introducing Lolly, a website that rewards you with free Bitcoin pieces with your online purchases. You purchase from one of thousands of companies like Chewy, Old Navy, Groupon, and others. You get a percent of your purchase back in Bitcoin. Use my link on freedomizerradio.live or find me on Facebook for your special link to get started. Lolly, earn free Bitcoin while you shop. Hello, everyone. I want to introduce you to our friends at Marty.com. At Marty, you can stock up on all your pantry items and other household items for way, way cheaper than traditional grocery stores. I like that most of the items are organic. Also, I really dig their one-cent deal of the day. It changes every single day. I recently snagged a 10-ounce bag of dog treats for Chewbacca for a penny. Normally, they sell on their site for $7.99. With the upcoming food shortages, this is my favorite place to stock up on canned goods. If you live in the mountain or Pacific time zones, you need to get with Marty.com. M-A-R-T-I-E.com. Look for our link on our FreedomizerRadio.com website and get a $10 free just because I told you to go there. Marty.com. Great deals, good feels. Freaks, outsiders, weirdos, the wallflowers, oddball loser, fish out of water, speak up, talk quieter. We are different. There's no arguing. It's a fact. A patchwork of flaws, we grow and adapt. We're funky, unconventional. See life through kaleidoscope eyes. In a field full of clovers, with our four leaves, we bask in blue skies. Flaws are natural. 
our imperfections, our weaknesses, our scars. There is a misfit in all of us. We just have to be brave enough to embrace who we are. All right, guys. Well, welcome back to the show. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about uh, the book of John. We just started the Gospel of John five episodes ago, and as usual, we're moving at our rapid pace, (laughs) which means we're only in verse 18, folks, after five episodes. Um, But if you're following along in your Bible, and and we were just talking, Oriana and I were, and she said that um, at church we're actually going through the Gospel of John. So what's really fun is um, uh, I sent her the notes for the Bible study, and some similar things came up. Ironically, I am not in that Bible study at all because I'm doing youth group at the time. So, so clearly we're all on the same track here. But um, let's talk about the scripture. If you're following along in your Bible, open up to John chapter 1, verse 18. No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made him know. Wow. Okay, so so that's kind of a deep verse, right? And we've talked already about the uniqueness of the position of Jesus and who he is um, and why that matters. So we're kind of going to dive in a little bit about Jesus um, making God know. And um, immediately after reading the verse, I thought about another verse that is, like, emblazoned on our church wall and has been for as long as I remember. And that verse was Hebrew 13, 8, 13, 8, and I'm trying to tag cross, and he looks at me, and he says, I have it memorized, okay, because it's on the church wall, right? It's on the church wall, and I was, like, looking it up, like, this sounds kind of familiar. Oh, yeah. He it's says, on the church wall. He says, I can recite this one. What is it? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's right. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I remember being, like, first born again. And not knowing anything about faith or about Jesus. And I remember that verse being such a great promise to me because it's Jesus loved me in my, in my unsaved, just barely repentant state. Like, just barely. barely. If, if, If he loved me then, he's going to love me now. And when I mess up, he's still going to love and accept me. Um, and that was kind of one of those things. It just gave me so much comfort when I faced, like, really crazy trials. Like, you know, I faced divorce. I faced rejection um, and and some pretty serious rejection sometimes um, by, by fellow people, right? Um, and, and I faced the consequences of my own sin. But I knew that Jesus wasn't going to change his mind and leave me in the pit and that I could count on him to be constant and true even though I couldn't really be faithful to him myself. Um, so that was a amazing verse for me. Um, but then there were a couple other verses that came to mind almost immediately after that. Um, before I move on, let me ask Oriana, because I know she said she had that one written down. Did you have more insight going on about that verse um, in Hebrews? Um, I don't know that I have much input on that, but um, I'm excited to see where this is going to go because you hit on some things, even in this portion, to a question that we'll be discussing later. So, no, we're we're on the same page. Um, I think it's really helpful, even in explaining. Um, have you shared the scripture? Let me not jump ahead. 
uh, or we haven't gotten that yet. Oh, I did. Um, I did you, share okay. the scripture in John. And so, um, chat about that, that one. That was that was one of the things. So with Hebrews thirteen eight, I felt like it really kind of expounded on that. So we already yes, because you just said it. I'm sorry, forgive me. No one has ever seen God but the <laughs> one and only Son. And so when we think about God being the same yesterday, today, and forever in that scripture, it kind of gives like to me, to me, it gives the defining. It says no one's ever seen him but uh, his only son who himself is God. So just being in there, being one, and then having certain parts, and that, and that just relates to me even more. So like he's the same. He's, he's continual. Like, but I think sometimes we try to, um, we try to make him maybe one dimensional, not understanding uh, the power or who he is holistically or who he is like a, a whole view. We just want to pinpoint something. So I'm I'm enjoying this, and again, I'm just gonna see where you go with it and follow up. <laughs> well, and, and so and now I'm going to and I do this all the time, right? I send you, and, and now we go talk, okay? Which this is not in the notes, okay? okay. Um, there, there's something crazy about this to me, and I understand why we make the mistake. We treat Jesus as familiar, and I know that's later in the study, right? We we treat right. Jesus as familiar, like family member he's like a friend and and I think he wants to be treated that way um but I think part of the reason why we we tend to flatten out the character of God the Father even though it was clearly demonstrated through Jesus Christ is because we view Jesus as this familiar friend um and that's great but it's also a little problematic because of what that verse says no one has ever seen God okay no one has ever mm-hmm. seen God. Why? Because if we saw God, what does the Bible say? We die. We die. Okay? <laughs> um, yeah. If we see God, we die. Okay? So, um, and so, I was about to say, like, this next verse says something about an invisible God, but today we, like, warps the meaning of invisible. But that's, like, we they, they don't mean, like, he's there, but we can't. Oh, they literally met in Leviticus. There's a story about some unclean priest who just walked into God's temple, literally died, y'all. Right. You right. literally <laughs> cannot see God if you are in an unholy state. Okay, but, oh, yes. Okay, so so check this, though. Okay, so this is, this, these are times, there, there are certain things people go, well, you understand all the stuff about the Bible if you're teaching it. No, I don't. No, I don't. Okay. And so, <laughs> I'm sure what I understand. Oh, right. I'm going to tell you what I understand. <laughs> Every once in a while, I'm going to say, like, y'all, I don't get this, okay? This is the thing. Y'all don't get this, okay? Because somehow we can interact with the Holy Spirit, which is fully God, okay? And Jesus came down in human form, interacting in the sludge that is planet Earth, okay? Like, and it's a cesspool, okay? And he's fully God, okay? And, and we would always make the – we would certainly make the argument that the Holy Spirit, thus the name, is holy, right? Okay? And that Jesus – it's holy, but there's something unique about God the Father that unlike Jesus and the Holy Spirit, he, he just cannot exist with our sin. Mm-hmm. Like, his holiness is somehow more disrupted than the other two parts of the Trinity. I don't understand this, okay? I don't, I don't understand this, <laughs> but we can interact with the Holy Spirit in our current state. We can interact with Jesus in our current state, but in our current state, God the Father 
if we try to interact with him, we die. And it's not like God's trying to kill us. Like it's our, it's our sin and our guilt that, and we die. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's one of those mysteries. I just, I don't quite fully have my head wrapped around yet. Um, and, mm-hmm. and every once in a while I laugh in my house and I tell my kids, like, I'm not sure how I go to heaven someday. Like, logistically here, okay? Like, I know the Bible says I will, and I trust it, but there's mm-hmm. something in me that knows that it, it, in a truly holy place, my sin is the singularity that makes the place unholy. I destroy all of it. And <laughs> I, I wear... Do <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, because holiness has to be pure. Anyway, that's like a whole discussion for later on in the in the Bible study, but... Um, okay, so I'm the singularity. I, I'm I the problem. <laughs> I always, I almost feel like I want to hit so that way. The listeners, they don't know like this part. This is like the behind the scenes question. But I'm, I'm sitting here listening to you, and when you say that, it makes me think. You know, when we are in the presence of God after this life, in our eternal life, if at that point, that's when we are suitable, if, if that's the right way to say it, to be in His presence. Like you said, in the sin nature, we yes, couldn't yes. be. And one of the things that I like right. that you shared, and even with this, I was thinking about John versus, I think it was, I'm trying to look at my notes here. Uh, we see John 1, and I wrote down, I guess, verses 1 and 2, which is in the beginning uh-huh. of the Word, and the Word was with God. Um, and then the second verse, he's in the beginning with God. And then I saw John 1:18, and I don't want to go too far ahead, but as I'm looking at this, I'm seeing that we're seeing the character of God. So when you were sharing about well, we have, you know, Holy Spirit, he's, you know, he's, he's the mediator, he's the, he's the one that speaks, you know, for us. And then Jesus, Jesus came in the flesh to, for his presence to be near us. You know, all of these, looking at them, I mean, it is God, but even characters or traits of God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, if I'm not saying it to confuse anyone, but just to know, even since the beginning of the word of God, since Genesis, and we see it replicated, God's desire to be close to us, to have relation with us. And so I feel like that's a true character. Right. Or the perfect way to understand God's character is he goes, he, he, makes his, he makes a way for us to be with him all the time. Because if we choose Absolutely. If we choose Yeah. Right. Okay. So I hit five, right, five right. Off, so the listeners are back. <laughs> no, no, I think that's great. I think that's great. And I just always think to myself that, yes, there's like this whole, like, we, we are justified, right, in the immediate. And then... Um, God makes us better and better, more and more like Jesus through this process of sanctification. But we're still waiting mm-hmm. for the full redemption of our bodies. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. And right. Um, I right. lived in a redeemed body, so I don't know what it's like to live without flesh. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't know what that's like yes. yet. And so that's probably where the shift happens, but I'm fascinated by that at this point because I'm like <laughs> really still under recognition that as much as I'm submitted to God and I love him and I want to do what's right, I, I feel like I'm still in that place where Paul gets where he's like, I do the things I don't want to do and the things that I want to do, I don't do. Um, you know, and how much of that is flesh and how much of that is the submission and discipline of the will, I, I don't know that I'll know until I have a redeemed flesh. So um, that's like that's like a whole different theological, wow, we went down, we went down the rabbit hole today, didn't we? Oh, hi, Pongo. Everyone's saying hello. <laughs> uh, Sophia wanted to add to the whole holiness thing. Uh, one of my favorite uh, YouTube channels, Bible Project, they gave a really cool analysis. Uh, they said that uh, the sun was like, snack, sorry, 
God was like God's holiness was like the sun, mm-hmm. where uh, the sun is pure and good, um, and it's the source of life on our planet. So in a way, you could say the sun is holy. But if you get too close to the sun, it will annihilate you. Not necessarily because it's bad, but because it's so good. Right, right. And I and I and I kind of really feel like that. That's you know, I, I'm not going to get into my whole analysis of heaven and hell, but I really think that has a lot to do with what hell is, is, is not being prepared for God's holiness. Um, mm. And that he's withholding his presence from the universe to a certain degree um, so that we can survive long enough to accept him. Um, <laughs> I'm a really whiny dog right now. I'm sorry. So, so let's go to um, this recent Colossians, Colossians 115. Because um, this is a, like the next place where my mind went. What was that? The sun is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. And don't even put that away. Um, because, and we, we did that for a, um, uh, 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 what was it? It was like a kid, like a VBS one time. Oh. Yes. Um, and so that one was just on my heart. What about uh, Colossians one nineteen? Can you read that one too? For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. Okay. So there's a couple things that are really clear from these two verses, and that is that, uh, first of all, Jesus had the fullness of God dwelling in him. And secondly, that because of this, he allows us to clearly see that invisible God who sent him. So, again, Jesus is God. But he's mm-hmm. not the Father, and he isn't the Holy Spirit either. They're the Trinity, um, I, I, I believe in a triune uh, concept of the Trinity. So there's, there's three individuals that are um, one in unity, you know what I'm saying, kind of, kind of like a husband, wife, and God in marriage. Um, I, I believe that because that's what the Bible says. Let me, <laughs> let me clarify. It's not because I'm smart. Okay. But because Jesus knows the Father, it's not because I'm smart and came up with it, okay? I read the Bible, and that's what it says. Mom's like, oh, okay, here, hear me out. There's this thing called a triune, right? Right, right, right. I, that was not, like, me coming up with it. I, yeah. So, anyway, um, because Jesus knows the Father, um, and he comes from the Father and only does what the Father says and only says what the Father says, then we can know what the Father is like by watching Jesus. Now, um, we're about to hit on the fun verse. Okay. Okay. And that is 1 John 4, 18. Um, And this is one of the most quoted and probably misquoted verses, um, other than judge judge not lest you be judged, right? Um, Outside of that, this is probably the most misquoted verses in the whole Bible, that I feel is really misunderstood, and that's First uh, John four eight. Oh eight. Four eight. He's pulling it up for us. Okay, whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. Okay, how many times do y'all hear that all the time? Like seventeen times. Like everybody, and sometimes <laughs> it's like really sarcastic. Oh, I thought God was love. Why are you not being loving? Right? Okay. Um, to follow God and God's love, why you ain't being loved? Come on. Right, right, right. So it's, it, it gets um, a little confusing, I think. Uh, in fact, I've actually heard people attempt to use this verse to discredit parts of 
the Old Testament, or even the Old Testament. Yeah, we're all. Really, Pongo? Do you have something to say about God being loved? (laughs) So, um, apparently, my very needy dog has a lot to say. Um, So, in this particular verse, a lot of people, I think, attempt to say that the that the God that we see in the Old Testament can't be as Jesus because this verse says that God is love, and they don't view everything that God does in the Old Testament as purely loving. Um, That's valid. Okay, so, so yes, I, like I hear that, but I feel like we look at this verse a little too simplistically, okay? Like what do you think of when you think of love, Carl? Uh probably like a human treating someone else kindly. Okay, that's a good thing. I mean, and we all have like these these visions of hearts and roses and and sweetness and stuff like that, right? Okay. But but in real complex chocolate. Sure, sure. And that's showing love, but in real complex relationships there are ways that show love that don't look pretty. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um like holding and hosting boundaries, right? Um, when you're a parent, disciplining your child is a show of love. It may not feel very loving at the time, but if, but if I allow behavior that's going to get you hurt in the real world, and I don't discipline you. Look at David. Oh, well, I'm not going to lie. I'm not sure that we should, any, any of us should ever take parenting advice from David. Oh, definitely not. He was a bad parent. (laughs) (laughs) Good at a lot of things. He was a like I, I'm gonna straight up say he was a bad parent. Did his son try to kill and or overthrow him? And they were killing each other. Like this is he was a bad parent. Okay, like um, but uh, setting boundaries, disciplining children, working through conflict. From a shallow perspective, it can be hard to reconcile God as we see him in the Old Testament with Jesus. But I want to mention here that when we and of course, again, I'm sorry, Oriana, we're now just talking again. This is not in the notes at all. Um, when we look at the God of um, <laughs> the Old Testament, the reason they mention in Colossians that God is love um, is because it was in First John. You're right. Thank you for the correction. In First John, that God is love because I think that that is a new nuance into the Jewish mind of the experience of God. Like they viewed him as loving, but not as holy love. Um, But you could just as easily have a verse in there that says that um, God is just and God is holy. Those things are equally true of God, but I think that Israel had not lost sight of the justice and holiness of God in the same sort of way that we do. Um, that was embedded and ingrained into their society because of the fact that there was the law. And so they always understood innately God's justice and God's holiness. Um, but I think sometimes they had lost track of God's love. Um, do, do you kind of know where I'm going with that uh, thought there? Did you have anything else to add? You're meaning me. <laughs> Am I? Sure. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. 
yeah, yeah. So I, I feel like that was the message that, that the Jews needed to hear, right? Okay, that the, the audience of, of the New Testament needed to hear. Um, but I feel like in our society, we almost swing so far the other direction. Well, the Bible says God is love, so God is love, but nothing else necessarily, you know. Um, and just like us, God has many attributes, but unlike us, um, all of God's attributes are good. <laughs> Sometimes I have attributes that are a little less, okay. less than perfect, like kind of like my dog here, whose primary attribute right now is being extremely needy. Um, <laughs> normally he's sweet and loving and very uh needy. He, he's always needy, but right. uh, especially right now. So so um, so now here's something to think about though is that we think about more attributes, okay? Um, mm-hmm. whatever they are, and I can come up with positive ones, and I can come up with negative ones. I can come up with more negative than positive. Okay, well, you know, self-deprecation is not necessarily a good thing, and we have to talk about that after the show. Um, <laughs> but, right, right, right. <laughs> He's going to add that to the list now. Um, so, for example, you know, I could say that I am at times loving, but but I wouldn't say I am love, right, okay? But I am at times loving and caring. And then at other times, maybe I'm distracted. Um, at I other times, I am love. I am love. <laughs> That's an interesting visual there. Um, we'll have to talk about that later. Wow. <laughs> so, um, so we have attributes, but, but God doesn't really just have attributes. Like, um, he's the one that defines the attributes. Do you see what I'm saying? So, that's why we wouldn't say God is loving the same way that we would say Oriana is loving, which she is. She's awesome, right? But but God's not loving in the same way Oriana is loving. That is an attribute of Oriana. But God defines what love is by his nature and character. He is the fullness of the definition of love and does it perfectly. And so it is ironic when we will look at scripture and judge whether or not we think that an action on God's part is loving. I'll say I've been around for a while. I don't do a lot of things perfectly. Right, because we don't love perfectly, but God does, right? Like that's, right. Kind of, that's kind of the whole point. But we're going to sit back and we're going to judge God and be like, I don't know if that was loving. We're going to go pull Jonah. All right. Okay. Okay. But um, so, so this is where we go, get confused. We go, okay, okay. If God is the fullness and completeness of the definition of love, then how do some of the things happen, okay, in, in the Old Testament and the New Testament, and God stands by and he's okay with that, right? And that's because we look at it as, as if God is flat. But if we're not flat, like one-dimensional, in how we behave and think, then neither <laughs> is God because we're made of God's character. So, when I say, well, yes, I can be loving and thoughtful, but I can also be selfish or distracted, okay, then, again, all of God's nature is good, but, but we can understand the duality of multiple characteristics all being true of God all at the same time. And the ones that we run into the most, I think, is his sense of justice and his holiness. And because of those, now we can start to understand how perhaps even though God is love and the fullness of definition of love, 
not everything he does is motivated solely by love or even maybe by love at all. There are some things that he does that are motivated by justice and some things that he does that are motivated by his holiness and probably countless other attributes that I didn't put together um, in this one particular Bible study. So, um, so we see these shocking things in the Old Testament, and we focus on them with intensity. We see war and the harshness of the law and people dying for carrying the ark wrong. And we're like, sheesh, that's, that's kind of extreme, isn't it? Okay. Well, couldn't we touch the ark? He did touch the ark. And only a Levite is allowed to touch the ark. So that was... No, you're not supposed to touch it at all. You're supposed to carry it on these, like, beams. They didn't I know, but, like, they put it on a wagon. Right, right. So there are all these problems, right? Okay, um, and so then we kind of accuse God of our own hearts, which, by the way, are corrupted, of being vengeful rather than just. And then we just kind of see Jesus as being simply loving and gracious. But then we forget things like his harsh treatment of religious hypocrites or him turning over tables um, or him not chasing after people who reject his invitation. Like, remember the young rich ruler? Oh. And he tells them, you know, um, the, the only thing you lack is um, to let go of your wealth, sell everything, and come follow me. Like, literally, the invitation of a lifetime. And the young rich ruler gets sad and walks away because he doesn't want to give up his wealth. Does Jesus chase after him and go, no, wait, buddy, it's a really great deal. You just don't know what you're missing. <laughs> no, he lets him walk away. It's crazy, you know, right? What, would, we, would we look at that and say, so loving? Huh? I'm hearing you say that, you know, and as I'm listening to you, what What's funny to me is, and I, and I see that, I can see that perspective, I can understand what you're saying, but for me, I think even in the justice, I think that there's love in the justice, and like you were saying, we try to nitpick these things, and so where sometimes it's something, because, you know, now it's going to be really odd to say this, I don't even know how to say it properly, but what seems like justice for some, and I'm not talking in the biblical sense here, I'm talking in day-to-day, like law, things like that. What may seem like justice to one person might not seem justice to someone else. But when we're looking at God, God, that righteous justice, that is done in love. It's done in love for the way of, the, I believe, the way that, that something should be done. And I, and I say I believe, but even as the scripture says, and I, I wanted to do better cross-referencing, but the, one of the things that comes to mind is the scripture, and I do not know where it is. I was trying to find it. Um, where it talks about, the, I guess, the attributes. You talked about the attributes of, of God, but even the attributes of what love is. And we, we see it on the little uh, crosses and marriages, love is patient, love is, things like that. But even as we're talking about justice, yeah. like that righteous justice, when God is doing something, he's doing it out of love. you know. And even as you gave it to the child and the boundaries, um, sometimes in the human nature, we often say, you know, love hurts. You know, it hurts to discipline our child. But, um, you know, when I say discipline, um, if they if they they stay up late, we're saying, okay, you still have to get up early. You have an appointment. I'm not going to just let you sleep in. So maybe in the natural sense, I, I'm saying natural sense, you know, maybe that, that hurts them or that hurts their feelings or they're tired, but that's the repercussions of the actions of the choice they made. So even when God is doing justice, even as he's done it throughout the scripture, one thing that's beautiful is he always gave chances, but the things that were done, there were repercussions for those actions. So it wasn't like God got out of love. He had a he, he gave something, he explained something, and, and if we go against that, then it's really us trying to step outside of that love. And we can't, but it's us trying to, trying to do that almost. It's not that God stopped loving us. And um, I think the reason I'm pinpointing on that, and I'll share a little bit later, because, again, there's a question that you asked 
God, for me, and I'm, I can't say that here now, sometimes, sometimes, and not like a woe is me thing, sometimes God's love is so hard for me to comprehend. But that's one of the biggest things is how beautiful and how vast and how large God's love is. And not the, and like you said, human nature, we try to say not God loving sin, nothing like that, but loving the person, loving his creation, loving the individual, loving um, who he created, you know, he made us in our image, so loving that. But I'm going to stop there because I may be going way side life. God's love is an amazing. Oh, no. I, I, I feel like you just dived into where we were talking about how, like, we, we just view love differently, but it's our hearts that are corrupt, mm-hmm. not his understanding yeah. of love. Um, and I'm even going to take it a step further and say there's truly no real love without justice. The two cannot exist properly outside of one another. Um only the example that I would give when explaining this, because I think we've talked about this before, which may be why I didn't dive deep into this here, is because I think we dive really deep into this in the Roman study, um, is that, um, and I should always do it anyway, because I never know who listened to what, right? So, um, so for example, um, we're called to love our fellow human beings, okay? But if, if, Somebody came and and God bless it. Please don't ever let that happen. But if somebody came and raped and murdered one of my children, um, and God just said, "Well, I just love them. It's fine." That would not feel adequate or loving to me. Or just it, it lacks justice. Do you see what I'm like, saying? Well, so 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 to put it this way is this is that. Um, the administration of justice is a loving act towards someone, although it may not be necessarily the thing that feels loving to the person receiving the discipline, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but that just, justice is necessary to truly love. And, and I've had somebody come up to me and say, well, if God is love, then why did he allow this punishment over here to happen? of this person, it, it seems like he is causing this punishment. And I'm like, okay, but if God is love, then I need to understand that there are things that I do that because they are unloving, it is outside of the character of love of God. And, and, and oftentimes, and, and there's this whole thought process too of who God's in covenant with and, and who he is um, committed to stand up for, right? Uh, I've, come a, I've come along the wrong person and now there's, there's a result of my sin, and him administering that justice is not unloving. Um, it, in fact, it's the most loving thing that he can do based on his commitment to other people, um, which is part of the reason why we shouldn't be crossing other people, right? Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's why we're supposed to be kind to one another is because when we step outside of that, there are consequences and very often consequences mm-hmm. that God's not going to stop um, because of his justice and holiness. So, um, so yes, I'm going to say 100% um, everything that you're saying about love is 100% true. It, it is us with a off understanding of what love is. And I often say where God and I disagree on things, I'm wrong. And so I have to figure out how to align myself more with how God's thinking um, and mm-hmm. to learn more about that because it's not, well, like maybe I can negotiate. Like where, <laughs> where God and I disagree, mm-hmm. I'm wrong. 
So I'm not trying to negotiate it anymore. I, I'm trying to fix it now. Um, so um, Jesus doesn't always fit our mold either. Um, but as we look very, very carefully at Jesus, we'll learn a lot about how God holds both perfect love and perfect justice in one character. And then also holding a space for holiness. So let's check out real quick. I'm going to try to wrap up because we're a little over time here. Let's check out real quick. First Peter 2.22. That was a fun little address. Um, and, again, this is kind of back to when we were talking a little bit about how um, we like to think of Jesus as familiar and as a friend. Um, so let's hear what this verse says about Jesus, and it might give us a little different perspective. Go ahead. He committed no sin, no deceit was found in his mouth. Um, so I don't have any friends that are perfect. Oriana's close. <laughs> She's great. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Oriana's oh, the jump right now. <laughs> <laughs> Oriana's not feeling that right now. We'll put that on later. Um, <laughs> but but I think that there's like this whole thing when we have to really kind of get down and think about how Jesus was perfect. Not good, not awesome, perfect. And, and I think that I have to be like, you know, I don't deserve to be in his presence most of the time, right? Um, he wasn't your typical holy man. When we think of holy men, we think about, like, people who administer the gospel. Right. <laughs> we think about people who administer the, the gospel, right? Um, pastors and ministers and preachers. And if you know your pastor at church, you know they're not perfect, right? Um, I, I have the audacity to teach scripture. I can tell you. I wouldn't even have to tell you if you knew me personally. I'm definitely not perfect, right? Like, I'm not. Um, but Jesus really was. Um, he was really holy. He was in the state of perfection, of purity, and, and holiness. And imperfection destroys holiness. This is where, where I get to that point where I keep going, my presence is the problem. <laughs> I am the issue. I don't have time to, to worry about what anybody else is doing wrong. The problem is me, y'all. Okay. <laughs> I'm the problem is me. <laughs> um, so any imperfection destroys holiness, corrupting it completely. So um, I, I'm constantly asking God to change me. Um, and yeah, I cannot yeah. use my free will to do evil and then enter into God's holiness and his physical presence. Mm. I need the holiness yeah. that Jesus gave. Um, and that's why God the Father sent him out of a heart of compassion and love. That was an action of love, to send him into this world. Um, and that's also why he fiercely guarded Israel so that the ancient promises given to Israel could be fulfilled so that Messiah could come and set the whole world free from sin. So a lot of times we look at these these scriptures and and wars and, um, you know, just, just nations coming against each other and being destroyed by one another, and people go, how could God ordain that? And, and what I will say is that very often when we look at these things and we go, that is crazy, as we step back and we realize that the, the necessity was in order to love the entire world and even the nations that they were fighting against, in order for anyone to have an opportunity to come through, come to God, everyone had to come through Jesus. 
Jesus was not blowing smoke when he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. Nobody before him, nobody during his time, nobody after his time ever came to the Father except through the righteousness of Jesus Christ. They may not have known about the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Abraham died not knowing who Jesus ever was going to be. But Jesus allowed him by covering him because of his faith to enter into the godly presence of God the Father. Without Jesus' sacrifice, even Abraham could not have entered into the realm and been in the presence of God the Father. Which is a little crazy because we got to know, like, you know, God's not, God, God's not um, limited by time and space the same way that we are, right? Okay? So the sacrifice doesn't happen for a couple thousand years, but then it happens and it's covered. Do you see what I'm saying? So Abraham probably shows up and goes, I, I'm not sure why I'm allowed to be here. And God's like, just wait. You'll see. You know what I'm saying? But two thousand years. Just have fun. Give give it a minute, okay? You'll understand the explanation later. Um, but in the in the meantime, in in real time history, um, God had this covenant with Israel that He had had set out to protect to allow for Messiah to come here on earth so that we could all be saved including even the nations warring against Israel that, that were often destroyed in her wake. Um, and, and, yes, that is both a just and loving act sometimes. It's, it's interesting. So where I don't understand it, sometimes I have to step back from my human perspective and understanding of these words in order to understand God's greater purpose in it. Um, love, just, and holy, probably many other things too, but God is constant and always vying to bring our hearts and souls into a healthy and loving relationship with himself. Um, does anybody have anything else to add to that before we hit commercial? Nope. No. no. Okay. Well, in that case, we'll head to commercial, and then we will get ready to hear from Oriana. She's got amazing things to share with us. I'm sure of it. We'll see you in just a few. Have you looked at the price of Bitcoin lately? Cryptocurrencies are the hottest financial investment right now. Well, what if you can get free Bitcoin fractions by having an app on your phone or PC? Introducing Lolly, a website that rewards you with free Bitcoin pieces with your online purchases. You purchase from one of thousands of companies like Chewy, Old Navy, Groupon, and others. You get a percent of your purchase back in Bitcoin. Use my link on freedomizerradio.live or find me on Facebook for your special link to get started. Lolly, earn free Bitcoin while you shop. Hello, everyone. I want to introduce you to our friends at Marty.com. At Marty, you can stock up on all your pantry items and other household items for way, way cheaper than traditional grocery stores. I like that most of the items are organic. Also, I really dig their one-cent deal of the day. It changes every single day. I recently snagged a 10-ounce bag of dog treats for Chewbacca for a penny. Normally, they sell on their site for $7.99. With the upcoming food shortages, this is my favorite place to stock up on canned goods. If you live in the mountain or Pacific time zones, you need to get with Marty.com. M-A-R-T-I-E.com. Look for our link on our FreedomizerRadio.com website and get a $10 free 
just because I told you to go there. Marty.com. Great deals, good feels. Freaks, outsiders, weirdos, the wallflowers, oddball loser, fish out of water, speak up, talk quieter. We are different. There's no arguing. It's a fact. A patchwork of flaws, we grow and adapt. We're funky, unconventional. See life through kaleidoscope eyes. In a field full of clovers, with our four leaves, we bask in blue skies. Flaws are natural. Our imperfections, our weaknesses, our scars. There is a misfit in all of us. We just have to be brave enough to embrace who we are. Hey guys, well, welcome back. We're so excited to be back because we have our special guest, Oriana Chun. Um, I don't have a proper biography on you today. Um, I know you're going to talk about all the wonderful things that you do, and I hope that you plug any ministries and shows that you're on and all the good stuff that you're doing. But right now, I just want to hear, like, how God has impacted your life, and he's given you a story, and we can't wait to hear it, Oriana. Oh, thank you, thank you. Um, you know, okay, so hello, my name is Oriana, and um, the, the ministry that I've given here that I know that God's given me is really to work with women, work with wives, and in this space of marriage, you know, just having that encouragement. Um, there's so much that as as wives that we uh, walk through that we deal with, sometimes we don't speak, and so I just really have a hard, um, from my own experiences that God has brought me through, but then brought me that trust in him that I have to make sure that I can keep going through and encourage other wives the same, you know, um, just to trust God for your marriage, give God your marriage, um, walking through life with children, um, walking through life when you have that season where there's an inability. Um, I had experienced things like that. So my heart, my ministry is, it, it is marriage. It's to encourage and to help wives, help women build up confidence so they can encourage their husbands, so they can be there for their husbands, um, as I believe that God has called us to be as wives. Um, as far as ways to find me, I'm, I'm building back up over there on that um, Instagram world. You can find me at T with Ori, that's T-E-A with O-R-I. And so I thank you for that for that plug, and I'm ready to uh, get in the conversation, Felicia. Yeah, go for it. Tell us a little bit about um, what God's put on your heart to tell you about or to tell us about um, what he's brought you through and how he's impacted your life. Wow. So, you know, God, he is, you know, it sounds so, so churchy to say he's brought me through so much. But I tell you, um, even as I shared earlier in our lesson, like, God, he, he's the same today and tomorrow. Like, he does so much for us, and I think we miss it. And I can say that God has brought me through a lot. I, one of the big reasons I have such a strong view on marriage is um, I am in a, a second marriage. I had been married before, um, and I dealt with some things. I dealt with some um, I dealt with some infidelity, some different types of um, just not nice treatment. We'll say it that way. And there were things that I had to go through right. with my children. God brought me through that. Um, I was I also served into the, in the military, and I had some um, experiences with that. And so seeing how God brought me through that. And it's interesting. Sometimes we go through life and we have these bad experiences or we have these things that are maybe thorns on our side or pains. But sometimes we don't see until years, weeks, days, but sometimes years later um, how they're rel- relative to what we're going through or what God is going to have us produce, Right. 
And so most currently, one of the things that God has worked with me or been working with me through is last year, 2023, I got sick. I got very, very ill. And um, it was, and I'll just say it, it was out of disobedience. And so, like, what was the disobedience? It was learning how to be um, present in God's rest, like to really just rest and trust God. And I think sometimes, especially I think those maybe that may be in leadership, um, but all of us, you know, sometimes, uh, or in ministries, but I want to say, you know, you're trying to go through and do all the things. You want to do the things for God. You want to be obedient. And sometimes we try to do, 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 you know, which we have to be very careful of that. Um, God called us to rest for a reason. And if I can tap in a little bit deeper, even for women, especially wives, we have a certain cycle that many of us tend to go through, and there's a a time in your earlier life when you don't go through it, and then there's a prime time when you go through it, and then at the end of that season of of, of childbearing and things like that, you don't have to go through it anymore, right? But I believe that that's in addition to the Sabbath, but a weekly time of rest. And as women that we are called to nurture, to go through, to be wives, to be mothers, to be sisters, to be daughters, we do things. We work. We're, We're diligent. We're dutiful women, right? But we need to rest. And last year, I found myself, um, again, just being really honest and transparent. Um, I have a wide spectrum of children. My husband and I are in a blended family now. Um, We're well in 11 years, and um, our age range is from, like, 25 to 6. And I just felt like I had to do everything. And so uh, we have to be mindful of that. But God, he brought me through to the point, and I'm going to stop in just a second, but even to the point where I was doing so much, my body, like God was giving me hints. He was, well, he wasn't giving me hints. He was telling me, Oriana, you need to rest. I had ministers telling me, you know, slow down, slow down. Had girlfriends, slow down, slow down. Even had my wonderful husband, um, slow down, slow down. But I felt like things weren't going to get done in my time. And so I say this, and I say it confidently, God allowed things to slow down for me because my body said, if you're not going to slow down, Ariana, if you're not going to do what, what, what God is telling you, what Holy Spirit is telling you, then we're going to make sure that you do that so you don't get in a worse state. And so I ended up losing mobility. Um, I ended up experiencing seizures. I visited with friends that even said that they thought that I was going through, like I had had strokes. Like that was, that was how I was perceived. And, um, that took me into a it took me into a dark season, and uh, I'm gonna pause there because I, I want to open up if, if Felicia has anything she wants to add. But I share this with you all because sometimes we'll find ourselves in dark places, and it's so interesting how God is ever present even in those places where we feel like He's not, or that we feel that we're untouchable by Him. So Felicia, back at you. <laughs> no, I I I agree, and I know um, I I do think that there's something that that kind of part and parcel to experiencing health challenges. Because so I've been going through some health challenges too. And um, I, I will say that, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what challenges I faced before. There, there is something particularly difficult about those health challenges and where it partners with a feeling of um, emptiness and loneliness and, and depression kind of comes alongside to attack you um, in that place of, physical weakness. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. It, it's tough. It's tough. <laughs> it does. Um, I, I know. Yeah, that depression, that's a real thing. 
And you also, and one of the things that popped up, and I'm going to quick give it right back to you, is pride. I don't know about you, but for me with my health, because I was fairly healthy, I was fairly active, and then the pride of not being able to do things, I'm talking about, like, try to eat with a spoon, and I'm dropping it because I can't hold it. Um, being embarrassed right. because, you know, I get assigned uh, a walker, or maybe there's something even in the space of just even connecting with a spouse, and you're just unable, like, there's a sense of, Sometimes you can't do it, but then for me personally, pride came in. Like, why can't I do this? I should be able to do this. And so, <laughs> lessons. Right, 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 right. And and especially um, if you're very independent spirited and independent natured, yeah. and and I'm gonna speak to um, women like you and I, and I feel like we kind of um, connect here too. Is that I have also been divorced um, between uh, things very, very unfortunate things in life tend to cause um, you to go hyper into certain areas of your uh, personality. And I feel like independence is something that is kind of bred in us ladies when, um, for whatever reason, we are kind of left to fend for ourselves through divorce for a period of time. Um, mm-hmm. and, and maybe even something that, wa- that, that was ingrained in you in military service too this um, I can do for myself, uh, I am capable of taking care of myself. It, it, we're not meant to live like that. And I'm not talking as women, I'm talking as humans, right? Because mm-hmm. in the beginning, God even said it was not good for man to be alone. So it's not good for man either, okay? Um, but sometimes we get just this fierce um, independence where we think I, I can and must be able to do everything by myself on my own, um, and, and that may or may not actually be feasible, <laughs> that we're and doing you know, everything think, on our own. And that hits it. I, I like it because I, I did, and there was a, a phrase I know I bought into it for a while, especially I would say during um, the divorce process when, when my ex-husband wasn't present, um, like, okay, I have to be independent. And then afterwards, well, I'm going to be this strong, independent woman taking care of my kids. And, yes, you know, God gives us, he calls us to do certain things. But that independence, and there's nothing wrong with a certain level of, of, of functioning um, independently, but not necessarily being independent in the sense of when we are independent, we can find ourselves isolating. When you're isolating, that's where the depression comes in. If you're not connected to God, if you're not connected to community, if you're not fellowshipping, if you're not finding someone, who is God sending to you? Because sometimes, um, yes, that, even Jesus, he took some time away. But when isolation is your, is your mass, is, is that's your priority, that's your norm, I believe that's when it's problematic. Not when you're taking those times of, of rest, that taking that time for clarity. That's different. But when you're isolating out of fear, out of shame, out of, out of, and you allow yourself to get in that place of depression, and I'll tell you, that's what happened last year because, I, again, I, I was so embarrassed by my walk, my ability, even my speech. I mean, I'm speaking right now, but even at night sometimes you'll hear where it slows a bit. And so my speech was off, and I remember my mom, she came, and I'm a pretty bubbly person, um, maybe cheeky, I don't know. And my mom, <laughs> she started recognizing things and she's like um I hadn't been to to my church in a couple weeks and she said she said you got to get up she's like you got to you got to get up and I was like mom I was like I'm, I'm not feeling it today I'm just just let me rest and it was a Sunday and um she said I'm on my way 
Now, for ladies, y'all know, for the most part, we want to go and we want to look presentable when we go to church. This was one of those days. It just was not happening. And thankfully that God, right. he meets us where we're at. And so I went to visit. It was a home church. She's, the person who had the home church is close to my house, actually, funny enough. And I went over there, and they prayed with me, and there was, it was restoring. It was refreshing. So I get, went back home, and I'm just, all right, God, I know you, you set that up. Like, how do I get to where you need me to be? And I just started to seek God more and more again because, again, isolated. So when I was isolated, I talked with God, but I didn't listen to him. So I'm speaking, but I'm not listening for a right. response. So after right. that, a, a few weeks later, I ended up at church, at our home church, me and Felicia. And so even in that, God spoke to me from the pulpit. And when I say he spoke, it wasn't like this message like, oh, I relate to that. I relate to that. No, this little tiny girl, Oriana, who I'm not a large person at my church. I, I know some of the people in my church community, but by far I'm not, I'm not in leadership, nothing like that. People, they don't know me like that. But my name is called from the pulpit. And the only reason I'm highlighting this is because I'm talking about God will call you out. When you go to seek him, when you're going to seek his face, like he will. So when you're finding yourself isolated, how do I know that, that God is real? Because he made way to see, he made himself available for me. I had to get to the point where it was, I want this too. I had to seek out too. You know, they say seeking, you will find, you know, he's, he's yeah. there. You know, I was like knocking. I was like, maybe I need to break down the door. But hear this too, before I stop, somebody else, I had to be willing Somebody else was willing to, to, to pick me up and bring me. You know, it was my mom. And, you know, God, my children were speaking. My husband was speaking. But sometimes it takes a, a special person. It may be mom. It may be a friend. It may be your husband. It may be your, your youngest son. It may come from a, a, a four-year-old. Um, during, before I, there were a lot of religious reasons. I, I'll say it that way. So you all um, pray, see how God speaks to you. But before I finalized, it was, there was a lot of abuse. There was a lot of things that my children should not have been exposed to in the first marriage. And I remember my daughter, I don't think she was, she was between six and eight. And I remember she sat up on my lap one day and she said, Mommy, she said, I want or I need. I believe she said, I want. I want you to marry a daddy that doesn't make you cry all the time. My children had witnessed too much. And I share that because it was her speaking that to me. And it was like, okay, God, like, what do I do? What do I do with this? You know, like, I know what your scripture says, but there were some things I had to work out. And again, I'm not condoning one way or another, like, seek God's face. That's so present. Uh, more personal conversations I ha- I'll have other elsewhere. But you have to know, you have to have that relationship with God. And he will reveal things to you. And it may come, we often say, out of the mouth of babes, but it may come from a child. It may, right. come, it may come from a lady at the grocery store, you know. But you have to be looking for God. You have to be looking, not looking in, in for, for, for weird doctrine or anything like that. Seek God's face because I'm going to tell you, God is going to meet you where you are. If you end up, I'm talking about, um, and it was funny, our pastor, our, our senior pastor had spoken one time about God speaking to somebody at, at a concert, at a particular concert. I can share with you all, I've been in a very, not this last time, I've been in a particular dark spot one time. And um, I had Spotify playing. I hope it's okay to say that there. I had that playing, and, and all of a sudden this random song comes up. If you know, if you listen to any music platform, sometimes random songs come up. There was a song that came on. It was not a Christian song, but the lyrics in that song basically said, don't give up, don't let go of your life. 
that's another example of God meeting me where I was. I was not by family. I was, I, I was, I was ready to throw in the towel. And so, but God was like, not yet, not yet. And he saw fit to throw this random song. And, and I, I'd actually saved the song because I didn't even know the artist. I, I don't believe the person was mainstream. Maybe they were. Um, but my point is God will meet you. Just have an open heart for him. And I guess that's all that I, I have aside from your questions, Felicia. Well, and, and I agree. And I think that it's funny. Um, I love the example you gave about how you happen to be in church and, and the pastor who's preaching happens to see you and says something specifically to you. Um, so for those people who are in the audience and don't know, our church is relatively large. So at any given Sunday, you've got at least 300 people in the sanctuary, <laughs> you know, yeah. maybe more, maybe more. So, and, and, and you don't generally sit by the front. Like, Nobody so sits in the front in our I, I do, I do, because it keeps me accountable. But um, like, um, but but you're not a front sitter. You're you're kind of a a, a side back sitter, and so yeah. um, for for you to get called out at church, like I don't know, he's got way better vision than I do because I can't see that far across the room. Yeah. Certainly not on stage. Um, and so it kind of makes me laugh because one of like like really you know God has a ton of names in the Bible. Um, but the one that just speaks to me so much is Elroy, the God who sees me. And um, I love that name because it was given to him by a Gentile woman, um, not a woman of rank. She was a slave, uh, a woman in a bad position, a woman who was currently in sin because she ran away from a situation um, without consulting from with God about it. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> so, and, and when she finally stopped and and looked, God saw her. And I feel like that is our oh, position. When, okay. Yes. Yes. So um this is this is Sarah's yes, Hagar, Sarah's um you know, it, it was her, her handmaid that's fancy talk for a slave. Okay. Like the she was not there with her will and some terrible things happened to her in that context where she's, she's um, given away as sexual property to um, her mistress's spouse and um, then mistreated at the hand of her mistress. Completely unfair. Um, terrible, terrible circumstance. Um, and, and, and maybe that's part of the reason why God sees her and speaks to her in that bad circumstance. Like, I see that these things have been unfair to you. And, um, and I feel like um, God does that for us when we're in those dark places. It can be really hard. I was actually talking to someone about this last night. Um, when we are feeling depressed, uh, when life is overwhelming us, it can be very difficult to want to do something to fix it. I know that sounds stupid, but functionally when you're hurting, it can be very difficult to want to put in any effort to stop hurting. Does that make sense? To anyone else? Oh, yeah. Oh, a hundred. Like when you're when you're all, yeah. <laughs> like like you're like I know there are things I can do. Get outside and take a walk in the sun. Like something as simple as that is going to make you feel twenty times better. You know, get on the phone and call a friend. Go meet a friend for coffee or tea. Like will make you feel a hundred times better. And yet, when I'm in that sad place, it's so hard for me even just to lift my eyes up and say, God, are you there? But when mm-hmm. we make the smallest amount of effort to listen, 
to him mm-hmm. and to be in his presence, he answers us and he sees us and he lets us know that he does. It's just, um, you know, every, every time I'm like, yeah, you'll see me at my lowest point and I know it. And I can be confident that God will always be faithful to be like, you know, and, and usually in that point, he's not going to chastise me for all those, you know, rottenness that I've done <laughs> in, in this interim. But, but he's like, I see you. And sometimes that's all you need. Yeah. Um, right, so right. we've got and a couple more minutes. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was saying, and you know, I was going to say one of the things I love how you said, see the sun. And I think of that in two ways. Like when you are feeling that depressed, you need the sun and you need the sun. You need the S O N sun. You need the son of God. You yeah. need Jesus. You need God. But then you do, you do need the, the, the sun, the sunlight. There's something about, God, there's something about the light, you know, spiritual and natural. There's something about that and how it revitalizes and how it builds up. And, I mean, we can even talk about a, a cellular level, and I'm not a scientist or anything, but I get fascinated by these things. And you look at it in the natural sense, but even, like, our relationship with God, like, on a level, that's how you feel that, that empowerment, that encouragement, that, that will, that will that builds our will to, to go again. Like, I can, all I can do is take a step. Well, then take that step. I can't, I don't want to open my Bible, but I, but I can give a prayer. Okay, give a prayer. Um, and then listen, you know, or if you can't read a whole chapter, then then read a verse, you know, taking these, you know, just right. really slowing down long enough to, to, for the healing process to take place. Because that is, you're in, when you're in that place, you're, you're wounded, you're hurt. And sometimes you need that rest to heal, to rejuvenate. So thank you for that. Right. Right, right. Now, we've got a couple more minutes. I'd love to hear a little bit about, like, um, where God found you. Like, how did you come to faith in Jesus? What did that look like for you? Okay, so, and I am saying it so everyone laughs. Um, yeah, you know, I was I was almost born saved, so what does that mean? No. Um, I grew up in the church, so my parents, and I'm so grateful, they gave me a firm foundation. But when my walk with God became truly um, I, well, first I'll say I was I, I did receive I believe I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit when I was about 14 years old. Um, it was at a revival, and I experienced that that encounter with God, and it was like wow, you know, it was something that wasn't me. It wasn't something that I was a spectacle or anything like that. But it was my own experience. It was something that I wasn't familiar with. I was the type of person I'm looking at these people like why are they acting like this? Why are they doing this? But when I experienced it, it was it was a true experience. Of course, after Wait. that, being 14, and huh, <laughs> and I, right, so, right. you know, I, I live life or whatever, and then I, I'll say I begin to grow my own relationship. Um, it was after I was married and after I had my first child. Um, that's kind of when the um, unhealthy living started with my husband, with my ex-husband, excuse me. And so I needed a place. I needed a refuge. And that is when I started learning and reading and trying to find out what this, what this relationship with God looked like for myself. Um, my son was a preemie, and um, he had feeding tubes. I had to learn how to do those. And so it was a critical time in my life where all I had to point to it was God. I wasn't living close to family. Well, we were close. I was in Arizona, and they were here in Vegas. But it was really me and God, and that's how um, I would say my wife walk, walk with life truly started. I would say it was after my son, my first, my oldest son was born. And then just moving forward in life, he's just been there when I've had some really tough trials ever present. Um, after the divorce period, I, I often say I try to have a knucklehead time 
that didn't last long because my relationship with God, it was there. And I think even if I wanted to put my toes in the water to, to see what was out there, there was something of a, of a warning sign like too deep, not shallow, don't go here. And so um, I hearken to the obedience of that and just it's really just allowed God to allow me to, to know he's there, to know that he's with me, and for me to mind where I go and how I do things. And so it's just made me open to the things of God and to learn more and have a hunger for it. Excellent. I mean, and, and I think a lot of times, um, a lot of times we all think we need to have like some shiny silvery story about how Jesus found us in this horrible place, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And, and it's good to see that he's faithful because as a parent, that's the kind of testimony that makes my heart happy. Okay. Um, Because I, I'm the first generation Christian in my family to be like, you know, attending church and stuff like that. I know my mom did when she was a child for a little bit. Um, but my parents really didn't. We didn't go to church when I was a kid. And um, so I got saved as a young adult. Um, very different circumstances, right? But mm-hmm. as a parent now, I raise my children up in the fear and the ways of the Lord, right? And um, mm-hmm. training them in biblical truth and how to read the Bible. And it makes my heart so happy to hear how faithful God is when you're a faithful parent. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah. um that that you benefited from the um from from the wonderful legacy that your parents gave to you. And that's a good thing. So mm-hmm. um you know, like maybe that's not the first thing that comes out to mind when you think about my story and how God worked in my life, but, but really that's a huge testimony to all the promises that God fulfills in the Bible faithfully because we show up and we do what he says. So that's, that's mm-hmm. just amazing. Um, did you have anything else that you wanted to add before we hit commercial and do some Q&A? Um, no, no, I think that's all that I have. Just uh, honor to be here and, and a blessing and, and an encouragement. So thank you for that. Okay, awesome. So we will um, – We'll head for Q&A, and then if, uh, if you have any questions for her, perhaps you can ask them during our Q&A. How's that? Okay. All right. And we will be back very, very soon. Hello, everyone. I want to introduce you to our friends at Marty.com. At Marty, you can stock up on all your pantry items and other household items for way, way cheaper than traditional grocery stores. I like that most of the items are organic. Also, I really dig their one-cent deal of the day. It changes every single day. I recently snagged a 10-ounce bag of dog treats for Chewbacca for a penny. Normally, they sell on their site for $7.99. With the upcoming food shortages, this is my favorite place to stock up on canned goods. If you live in the mountain or Pacific time zones, you need to get with Marty.com. M-A-R-T-I-E.com. Look for our link on our freedomizerradio.com website and get a $10 free just because I told you to go there. Marty.com. Great deals, good feels. Have you looked at the price of Bitcoin lately? Cryptocurrencies are the hottest financial investment right now. What if you can get free Bitcoin fractions by having an app on your phone or PC? Introducing Lolly, a website that rewards you with free Bitcoin pieces with your online purchases. You 
purchased from one of thousands of companies like Chewy, Old Navy, Groupon, and others. You get a percent of your purchase back in Bitcoin. Use my link on freedomizerradio.live or find me on Facebook for your special link to get started. Lolly, earn free Bitcoin while you shop. Freaks, outsiders, weirdos, the wallflowers, oddball loser, fish out of water, speak up, talk quieter. We are different. There's no arguing. It's a fact. A patchwork of flaws, we grow and adapt. We're funky, unconventional, see life through kaleidoscope eyes. In a field full of clovers, with our four leaves, we bask in blue skies. Flaws are natural. Our imperfections, our weaknesses, our scars. There is a misfit in all of us. We just have to be brave enough to embrace who we are. Fun little song, isn't it? (laughs) Welcome back, guys. (laughs) It's got this cute little ditty to it. (laughs) I like that commercial. So um, we are back for our question and answer. And, of course, um, we are here. We have the chat room open for you. So if you happen to be listening, you want to type in some questions or share some thoughts, you can do that there. Um, And then we also have the opportunity to have you call in as a guest. Um, If you do, you just press 1 afterwards. That will raise a little hand in the the margin so that I know you're waiting to talk. And our guest call number is 319-527-6208. That's? That was too quiet for you to hear. 319-527-6208. Just um, give us a call there and press 1, and we will um, hop on there and let you ask your questions. So, um, but in the meantime, you know, I have some questions, too, uh, regarding our Bible study. What would you say to a friend who is struggling with a part of Scripture? And we're talking really specifically in that sense, again, of, um, well, if you say God is loving, what do we do with? Over here. Honestly, I would ask a pastor. Okay. I would ask a pastor. You would ask a pastor to help you out with that one? That That's true. I I will say um, I had a question. So here's the thing is that sometimes you have to kind of deep dive into scripture in order to get it. But I'm, I'm going to share a question that someone asked me um, that I had to respond to in the moment. I was at youth. And and um, I happen to know the answer to this particular one. I don't know the answers to all of them. So sometimes people will say, hey, how did this happen? And I go, you know, sometimes I just genuinely say, I don't know right now, but I'll look into it and I'll get back to you, you know. Um, and then there are some things that I've looked into it and looked into it and looked into it, and I still don't know and I still don't really understand. Like, I, I can see what God says. And I still don't always really understand it, but that the the propensity of the truth and the life and vitality that's come from God and come from Scripture um, is such that I will trust this issue over here that I don't quite understand. Um, because I, I know God is real and I've heard from him and he's spoken and he's shared and he's been so real in my life that I can say, Yes, I see that, and I and I don't understand, 
but I'm willing to sit in the I don't understand camp for a little while, uh, knowing that God is faithful because I've just seen him work in my life. Um, so, um, so the example specifically that I'm thinking of is I had a young man uh, while we were at youth group um, come up to me and ask me about slavery in the Bible. Oh, was that Ryder? That was Ryder. <laughs> Thanks for calling him out. Hi, Ryder. If you're listening, hi, Ryder. Um, he won't be listening live. He might hear the recording. <laughs> I think he goes to, like, real school and like us. So, um, and he's like, so does that mean that God approves of slavery? Which I thought was such an insightful question. Um, so if, if you're ever asking this question, just so you know, part of the way that um, biblical literature talks about bad things is not to say God condemns that and says it's bad. Most of the time, that's not how it comes across. Most of the time, God allows a story of human, humanity and human weakness to be told and shows the bad ramifications from it to show that there are very real consequences to our bad behavior and sin, and, and thus to show that God's not protecting that person in covenant, but rather allowing the sin to take over and to take hold of them. And that is the case with slavery in the Bible. Um, and, and we're not even talking about, um, obviously, as in the New Testament, Paul writes an entire letter to Philemon about slavery and um, just, just really falls short of abolishing slavery for this person, okay, who has run away from, from his master. Um, so I will say that I think that that starts to lay the foundation for the abolition of slavery, that book right there. Um, but all the previous chapters that talk about slavery, um, really you don't ever see positive examples of slavery being a good thing. Like, <laughs> this does not end well. I think it's God's general message about slavery. You know, um, you have uh, people being hurt and damaged through the practice of slavery. Um, and, and even amongst the Israelites where it was legal, and of course we know that, that American slavery was um, a special atrocity. It was a unique atrocity amongst slavery that um, uh, we were particularly wicked, let's put it that way, okay? Um, and that Jewish slavery was not quite like that. But even, even in the scripture it says every seven years you have to release everybody, Yeah. you know? So clearly, kind of like um, some of the other things that we experience in our broken world, like like divorce that we both experienced, I, I, I think the, B, the Bible makes the case that this is clearly not God's best, definitely not what God wanted. You know what I mean? Um, and again, like I said, Philemon, I think, um, puts the nail in the coffin for the slavery case that, um, that, that God really was calling us to be brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, so anyway, uh, that's that's kind of the way I approach it. If I know the answer, I try to give an adequate answer. If I don't feel like I know an ad adequate answer, I'll say, um, you know, I don't know, but, but we can figure it out together. Um, you know, and then every once in a while, there's one that I'm like, you know, I have gone round and round, like um, it, homosexuality, for example. I've gone round and round. I've looked at the scriptures over and over again. I know it's a hot button issue. Um, uh, the Bible says what it says. Uh, I've gone back to um, I, I've gone back to original language. I've studied culture. 
Uh, I've done the history study. I have deep dived into that issue, and it says what it says. I don't always understand it. <laughs> and that's all I can say. I, I, I don't get to make the rules on this one, and, and it says what it says. Um, so, so it can be tough um, going through some of those really tough issues, especially the ones that are hot-button issues for today. Um, how, how do you approach that, Oriana? Um, some, so there's some similar things that you and I both do when you were saying um, one thing, if I don't know it, it's just I don't know. But then after that, it would be like, do you want to find out? But also for me, I think it depends on the setting of where it is, too. Um, if I'm in a place and, I, and I'm in a setting and, for instance, I'm, I'm talking to a young lady or so I'm talking to even a girlfriend, which recently had happened, and they started asking questions kind of like about faith and, and, and relationship with God and things like that. It was a case of, okay, some stuff, and I said up front, some stuff I don't know, and others were, um, let's find it. But then sometimes I ask, like, what are you asking? Because sometimes people are struggling with a part of the scripture, I believe, because it does not align with what we want to do align with. So, like, what, right. what, what, is, what is it that you're actually struggling with? Is it, are you struggling with the, with the context? Are you struggling with the scripture itself? Do you not understand it? Or is it that it's not lining up with what you wanted to say? Like, um, I wanted to say that I can walk all over my husband and get whatever I want too. Like, is that why I'm mad about this scripture? Or is it that I really like, okay, it says submit, but how do I submit to someone who is abusing me? They're abusing my children. Like, I mean, I'm not trying to get heavy, but I mean, we have these real, you know, these serious topics and then really going into the context of the scripture, somebody that is over them, like, and I'm praying too, mind you. So let me clarify that. Like while this, when that question, I'm not going to instantly give an answer. It's, it's like, okay, Lord, what am I supposed to be saying here, you know? And then I think sometimes there's a call to pray for both of you. Like I said, the setting is really important. Is this uh, you in front, you with one other person? Is this you in a small group? Is this you, like you are in a position of leadership? So sometimes you do. You have to be on your toes and, and figure out, like, how is God calling you to answer that? So I think settings are really important. And, too, um, it's prayer. Like, God, lead me in this answer. Do I need to not say anything or do I need to say something? Do I need to point them and send them over to pastor? Do I need to send them to Felicia? You know, like, like what, what, what is that? So I think for me that's a big thing. And then we can go into the context. And I, just for me personally, I'm learning more about the reading, so the studying, the, the context of what's going on, culturally what was going on. What do these words mean? And really quick, as I wrap up, like we talked about love earlier, but there's different kinds of love. And then love for people is different. For me, you know, love, security with my husband. Some people love is getting a five-carat ring and trips around the world. Personally, I'm tired. I want to be in bed. Don't get me wrong. I love traveling, but I don't need all that. So really understanding the context of what's being asked and what the struggle is with the scripture. Right. And and, and I will say this, too, is that I think that, like, I get a healthy um, variety of these mm-hmm. sorts of questions, and sometimes I get questions from believers, and then sometimes mm-hmm. I get questions from non-believers. And I feel like the non-believer ones are a little bit harder to feel because um, mm-hmm. we have a little grace with people who already believe in Jesus um, because when we say, okay, so, hey, you know, um, you know, uh, this, is, this is what this says, this is what this says, um, then they're more willing to accept it, you know. Um, but I have a tendency to get the, the kind of finger pointed. What about genocide in the Old Testament, right? Um, mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Uh, those are fun. Those those are fun. Uh, and, and then you're like, like, how do I explain this? Because because this is an accusation. I don't know if this is a question. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, 
Like right. there are answers to that. Um, but but I don't want it to sound like I'm parsing hairs. Well, it wasn't exactly genocide. It was one city, you know, where where you know everything needed to be cleared out, and and yeah, that's bad, you know. Um, but you know, and then we try to use the whole example of like Haman and how he escaped um, one of these cities that were supposed to be utterly destroyed and how he comes back and tries to destroy all the offspring of Israel in Babylon. Um, and so we point to that, aha, you see something really bad could have happened and maybe God was trying to, you know, orchestrate something to avert that. And probably, probably so, you know what I mean? Also like, you know, the hand of God, he could have just wiped everybody out for them. Why were they involved in this? Like, I don't really know. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like God could have come you know, and before I them and taken their business. He did not. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, that you're right, um, and that's a. I think that's why I go to too. Like, what are the, what are they actually asking? You you bring up a good point. Um, and even with your question, if you're if it's a friend asking you, or if it's somebody, is it is this a confrontational question? Is this a question that you ask because you want a response, or not because you truly want to answer, but you're trying to strike up or cause discord or cause a division? And so I think that's another reason why it's so important to get that prayer in. Like I said, you can say it silently to yourself, like God, give me the words to speak, or Lord, is this something I should be walking away from? Because there is no resolve in this. This is just to try to to create or cause more division. It's really important to, 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 to identify and understand which, which one is happening. Right, right, right. And so I think that it, it, it makes a big difference how you answer that question, how the, how the mm-hmm. person is thinking about God. Like, are you coming mm-hmm, to God mm-hmm. with a generous heart in this, in this day? Mm-hmm. I understand you exist. I understand your character, and I also understand that I don't understand your ways. Please help me understand this, you know, mm-hmm. and I will accept what you give me. You know what I mean? Um, versus someone who's trying to put God on trial and trying to, from their own perspective, say yeah. um, whether or not God meets their their conditions for morality. Um, so that that I think has a lot to do with it too. Um, and you know, so be prayerful you know, in real, those situations. And real quick, I'm glad you said that because you you what I heard when you were saying that was heart posture, and that's something especially those of us that may be answering the question need to make sure that our heart is checked too, that we're coming from a humble place because sometimes people can ask a question, and depending on where you are, you can we can be arrogant or think that we know the answer, and they're coming from a genuine place like they're like this makes no sense, I want to know. Maybe they their delivery isn't the way maybe we would want it, and we can't respond out of our own flesh. We can't respond in a way that offends them because they might genuinely be asking and and I say that I remember I was in a group of believers and everybody oh they well not now but a few years ago people saw me kind of like a young person because of my appearance but some of the older heads that I mm-hmm. talked to they knew that I knew a little bit right and so I asked the question it was a real innocent question and somebody gave me and it was a guy he was uh and I hope it's okay to say this like he was Revlin Episcopal first pastor, prophet, like there were all these titles on his name. And he gave a really sure. harsh answer. And I'm going to tell you, my heart dropped because the question that I asked, I genuinely was curious about. And this is because my head is very forward thinking sometimes. And like, I'm just thinking like, okay, well, what is this? And sometimes we don't need answers. But at this point, like, I'm so hungry. I want to know. And what was so beautiful in that when I asked it, because it was on a large platform, I mean, he gave a very belligerent answer. And, and, and it did. It hurt me. Like, my heart kind of dropped. I was like, 
oh, maybe I shouldn't have said anything. And I had about four other people, um, a couple probably, quote, unquote, were higher ranking than them, but some other people, and they all supported. And they're like, well, I think this is kind of what she's asking. And this, and they were very, and after that, I felt built up. Why do I share that? Because mm-hmm. when we things, especially being believers of Christ, and we're in a position to answer questions, we need to know how to respond. That's going to build the kingdom up, that is going to show God's love in a way that says either, A, I don't know, or let's look at it this way, versus accusatory, especially from someone who may be a babe or someone who's truly inquisitive about an answer or resolve. Right, right, right. And and I know, um, yeah, that actually lends really quickly right into our second question, which was, are there parts of the scripture that are difficult for you to accept? Um, and, and I'm going to say, as as I've matured as a believer, I, I feel the same way um, I think that you do, that I'm willing to accept more just mm-hmm. on face value than I used to. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm willing to go, okay, I don't fully understand this, but but God, I trust you, and, uh, and you've always been faithful. And so I'm going to go with this. But even to this day, like, I, and I think that I already called out the two parts that I think are the, are the ones that I really, like, struggle with. And I go back and I go, okay, is this Christian culture talking or is this the Bible talking, you know? Um, mm, because good, good. sometimes Christian culture gets a little crazy too, right? You know, and, and uh, you know, and, 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 and on, on these occasions as I look through the scripture and I have to do it fairly, and I have to put aside my, my own desire because I think that we want to please people and we want them to be joyful and happy and we want it to be easy to come to Christ. But coming to Christ has a cost. And sometimes that cost yeah. is yeah. to work through some things in your heart. Um, for me, the cost yeah. was everything, right? That It's really, you know, we talk about, oh, the free gift of Christ. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's cool. It's going to cost you your whole life. Okay, mm-hmm. but it's just a free gift mm-hmm. of Christ. Mm-hmm. Like, let's not misrepresent what it is, you know. And so, um, you know, I've had friends who are like, well, if I have to give up this aspect of my life and myself for Jesus, I'm not willing to do that. And at least that's a real answer. Right, um, right. And it's a real answer to the actual question. It's, it's not Jesus tastes good and he's my favorite flavor of ice cream and you should try him. <laughs> it's this will save you from eternal death, um, but the cost of it is an exchange, his life for yours, and you're giving mm-hmm. up everything. Are you cool with that? Like, that's, that's, what, that's what it really is. You know, he's, he's a um, parachute in a crashing plane. He's not a favorite flavor of ice cream. Um, and, and you will have to give up your entire existence on the plane in order to pursue life with Jesus Christ? Are you willing to do that? Um, and sometimes the answer is no, and we have to accept that. It's a young, rich ruler thing, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah, yeah. Some, sometimes it's no, and that's hard, and it hurts, and we love people who are in these situations. We want it to be easy, but the truth is it's not. It's not easy. Jesus never claimed it would be. You know, um, the way to heaven is narrow, and the gate is small, right? Um, very <laughs> few will enter through it. You know, we, we like to gloss over that. Oh, yeah, no, it's open for everybody. It is open for everybody. But are you willing to pay the price? Are you willing to pay the cost? Um, and, and it is costly. So um, we are, like, over time. I want to be cognizant of Oriana time. But um, let, let me just throw out the last question. Oriana, if you have to duck at any point in time, that's totally okay. We get you. 
Um, can you give an example of when you chose to trust the heart of God, even when you felt your prayers were going unanswered? Ooh. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> hiding that question. Um, Cross is hiding from that question. <laughs> I want to hear Crossford. Oh, yeah. I, well, you, he's literally in brackets right now. He says, I've got nothing, and he's crawling into a smaller and smaller ball every time we ask him. Uh, <laughs> oh, I mean, my yeah, goodness, I you know. God does that. <laughs> Go ahead. I'll let you yeah, know that one you know, part. I, <laughs> Many, I say many a times, um, but for one example, I would just say even with acceptance. So um, I'm not going to highlight it here, and I'm going to make this brief. Uh, when I was in the military, uh, I experienced something that was, we'll say, you know, there, there was. It was true trauma. Um, there are some things that I deal with even now, 20-plus years later. Um, and in that, through that process, I thought that there would never be an acceptance of me uh, based on some of the things that I had been through. And then after the, the destruction, I'll say, of my first marriage or after the, the fallout of my first marriage, it was, like, very, very apparent. And um, I, will, I will share this because I've, I've shared this many times, but one of the things my husband said, you know, he, this was after I had the first two children. We had four children together. And he said, you know, now that you, you know, basically if you leave me, he's like, you're, you're going to be damaged goods. You'll never, like nobody's ever going to want you. That was after I had two. So, you know, I'm trying to hold on to my marriage. We have two more. So now I have four kids, right? And that stuck in the back of my head. Now, one of the things that God said was that I was loved. And I, I, I believe and I know that I wanted to be a wife. That was something that was on my heart. And so I chose to trust that God would fulfill that promise because I know how God delights in marriage, right? And um, when it comes to prayers um, going unanswered, there was years. I spent years by, my time, by myself, and it was a good thing because that's when God was able to work with me and heal me. Um, and then later on, I, I met one, and not only was he welcoming for my kids, he brought more kids on, and then God said, let me add some more. So, you know, it, it, was, it was a case of where God answered prayers, but it took time. It took time, and, right. and uh, those prayers, they weren't answered. They just weren't answered on my watch. Right, right, right. And I agree. Um, in the exact same scenario, um, yes. And we have we have prayers that go unanswered sometimes. Um, and, and I really think that part of it is leaning into the answer being no. Um, mm-hmm. and, and understanding that, uh, first of all, there's such a temporary nature of everything that we experience here. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it's, it's all about eternity. It's, it's all about eternity. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes what I think will please me in the current um, will cause the minds in the eternity somehow. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I definitely need to be able to step back and allow God to, to answer. When, a, when I'm praying, if I'm praying for what I want, instead of praying for God's will, that's already an, an immediate problem. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Right, right. Um, mm-hmm. I'm already in trouble if I'm praying for what I want versus what God wants. Um, you know, and, and I think that Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane is, is a good example to, to show that it's okay to pray for what you want, mm-hmm. but you have to be open to to accept the what no. The, yes, yes, yes. It wasn't sin for Jesus to say, I don't want to do this. That wasn't sin. But ultimately he was submitted to God's will. And that is what has brought us to a place where we can all be in God's presence and be saved. 
And so you're back. Do you have do you have an example do you want to talk about, Betty, before we go? I'm gone. He's gone. Okay. <laughs> He's going again. Um, but but I, I feel like I feel like in all the instances where God has answered prayer and I've leaned into his no and said, Okay, I mean if that's if that's what you what you're saying, I'm gonna trust you. Um, that he's always been faithful to ensure that that was really the best thing for me. Um, and where I don't have physical examples of that, I can trust because he's been so faithful in the past um, mm-hmm. that, that he'll continue to work all things to my good. So there you go. Um, I, did you have anything I else you want to add? Yeah, I know we're close on time, but one other thing, you and you just said this too, I think one of the big things too is understanding that when our prayers are unanswered, sometimes we're wanting that definitive answer, that yes or no, but I think that unanswered prayer is the most intense because you have to have a peace about that, and you said it by just trusting God, knowing that he's going to give resolve, you know, and that resolve might be not now, like not as an answer, but you're just not going to get an answer at this time. It's going to be unanswered, and you have to find peace in that place. Right. I I 100% agree. And the peace always just comes from God and knowing his character. So now it's come full circle, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> and that's where we closed. It came back around. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us this week, Oriana. Thank you, friends, for coming and listening. Um, praise God. Did you want to plug one more time where people can find you on Instagram? Um, just the thank tea you with all. Ori. Again, you, yeah, the tea with Ori. You can find me on Instagram there, and I look forward to connecting. You guys, you won't regret it. I, I, I don't know anybody who makes my heart so happy as Oriana. I really think that you guys will enjoy everything that she puts out. And her kids are awesome, too. Like she just, they are. They are. <laughs> she made awesome, too. <laughs> right, right. Aww. When you find something you do well, you should do it multiple times, and, and she took that to heart, so. Um, got a, a nice household of blessing there, and we are all blessed by them. So, anyway, um, God bless you. You have a great night, and we will talk to you soon. All right? Bye. Bye.